The first thousand days of a child's life is a once-in-a-lifetime window of brain development. This is when the foundations are laid for future learning and growth. And for children to receive what they need in this stage, parents and caregivers need support, encouragement and information. We believe churches are well positioned to be that community around families. Churches, whether big or small, rich or poor, can play a part in seeing that all children get a strong start to life. This is the Sukunya podcast aimed at helping you take those steps in strengthening families. Visit www.sukunya.org.za to find out more. Today we are exploring how we can support families whose children are in their second year of life. At this time, parents and caregivers face a whole new range of parenting challenges. Their children are learning, exploring and discovering so much about themselves and the world. And this podcast is a recording of a lunchtime conversation where the Sukunya team unpacks ways in which you can be supporting parents in this unique window of time. And so the scripture today we, we chose was Psalm 8.2, which is through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Um, so it's quite a powerful psalm. And yeah, so let's just open in prayer. Um, so Father, we come before you today and thank you for this opportunity once again to be able to connect from far and wide across South Africa with all different experiences, different um, situations happening and yet all with the heart to connect with families and to see children thriving in our communities. Um, Father, we reflect on the scripture yours that is showing, Lord, how important children and are in your in your eyes. And so, and we just ask, Father, for the heart that you have for the youngest among us, that you would place that into our hearts as well. That um, as we connect and love families, that we, yeah, we just remember your word and can have remember your heart for children. So may today be a really good and fruitful conversation, and may we all leave with fresh ideas and um, yeah, energized for the week ahead. In Jesus' name, Amen. So um, I'm going to hand over to Ruth. Today's topic is on the second year of a child's life. Welcome, everybody. So good to see you all today. Um, and so grateful that you're able to join us today. As we, today, we are looking at what is happening in the, first, the second year of life, 12 months to 24 months, uh, really getting into the toddler's years. And we found this quote that I feel like summarizes this time for a mother very well. And it says, your child has made the transformation from the tiny stranger who came home with you from hospital to a self-confident, opinionated person who takes up more space than two adults combined. And I think sometimes in this time in our children's lives, that can feel very true that suddenly we have this little person who knows exactly what they want and feels like they are running the household. And so today we're looking at how we can care for families in this time. And I'd love us to open the discussion around reflecting back to if you're a parent when your child was in the stage, um, what were you experiencing? What were you feeling as a parent in this window? Or if you think of some of the families you might be supporting and are in your community at this time with 
a child that's just turned one or 18 months or two years old, what's happening in the stage? What are some of the milestones that this family is um, dealing with that they are seeing in their child? What is growing in this family? Um, you're welcome to unmute yourself and think, what, is, what are some of the first things come to mind when you think of this window of 12 months to two? So maybe I can come in. We've, I've just actually, and it's one of the, it's one of the wonderful things of being part of First Thousand Days. I have started attending one-year birthday parties again, um, so it's really exciting. Um, but I think the the biggest change that I see is just the independence of these little children. Um, yeah, and that comes obviously with a whole lot of its challenges. So yeah, independence. Hey, eh? they want to and can do it all on their own. <laughs> Yeah. So definitely they're trying to find their independence, trying to assert their independence at the stage, which can be a challenge. Um, One-year-old birthday parties are exciting, so I'm glad you're able to join those. Um, it's a celebration really for the parents for getting through the first year, noticing mm -hmm. like we've made a year um, and celebrating that year for the parents um, and what has been a very busy year for them yes. as new parents. Yes. Yeah. Anybody else? Some thoughts of what's happening in this window of a year to 12. Terrible twos. Okay, so we often get told that we have the terrible twos at this window. Um, and at this time, we see that parenting can be very challenging with what we call the terrible twos, which often actually doesn't start at two. It tends to start at 18 months, or if not before. Um, because the child is exploring we realize that they can often feel quite frustrated that they're not able to express themselves the way they want to. They're not able to, and they can get quite frustrated and that can be exhausting and can be infuriating for parents. They can get quite upset with their children, but we need to remember that they aren't terrible. Um, at this stage, they really are just eager explorers testing out different behavior. Um, and they haven't yet developed the self-control of the emotions and how to um, express well what they want. And so those terrible twos, the tantrums, um, them trying to exert their independence can be very hard for parents. Um, and so it can be a trying time for moms and dads as they test their patience, um, trying to help their child to find independence. Other thoughts? Uh, who else would like to share? Hazel, you got your hand up? I mean, Sophie, you got your hand up? Um, no, I just wanted to add, um, Ruth, that with the, like the terrible, when I say now the terrible twos, it's like what you mentioned or explain now, it's not because we don't have, I wish I had the, the information and the knowledge that I had now when my children was um, 20 years ago when they were that age. And also that's the... There's also a window of time where we often don't have the support that we need to, to, to be with, how can I say, to handle and to know what to do when our children um, are in that stages. And now, now for me, um, I do have friends who have toddlers and, and in, that, in that window. And um, it's nice to to guide and to support and to um, like the big thing like you mentioned also um, children try to make sense of the world around them and they can't verbalize themselves they can't say how I feel and and it's often um, looked at the like the terrible tools like you say we have that um, but it's it's just their way of asking do you see me do you hear me 
please help me making sense. And um, if we don't have the support, um, we can often um, um, do so much damage to that little child. And so I'm really grateful to be part of a family like, like you guys, Sakunya, and other people who support young families. And I really learn a lot from you guys. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. Thank you, Sophie. Um, and I, I, you're completely right. It's, it's a really trying time. I, I think children at this stage, they're learning new words. And they say by, by two, they're probably able to, they have about 20 words that they can say. They can maybe string a few words together. Um, but they're really not able to communicate very well at this time. And so I remember my son, being, his way of telling me he wanted juice was by going just. He, he just could say that he couldn't say the word juice. He could just say the duh in the beginning. And over time, I learned what he wanted, right? But in the beginning, he's probably really frustrated with mom. Like, how does she not understand what I want? And so it is a frustrating time for the child as they try and verbalize and try and communicate with adults what they want as they try and build more confidence in their communication with their family and they're exploring new words every day. Um, and they're learning new things every day around them in the environment. Um, so I, when I hear people saying, my child is so naughty, I cringe inside a little bit because they're not trying to be naughty. They're trying to understand the world around them. They're exploring. They, the fact that they've unpacked the drawer of plastics and unpacked the pots isn't them being naughty. It's them learning and exploring what's happening in the kitchen. And so as much as it's a frustration for mom because she's got to pack it all away again, it's actually a great time for them to learn. Uh, what goes in and out and what lives in that space and the sounds that it makes and the banging that it makes. Um, it can be frustrating for mom who's trying to get the house in order and then everything's everywhere. So the house is busy at this time. What else is happening at this space? Um, I see in the chat box, uh, Matupelo, you're saying, I just love every moment I shared with all my kids during this time. Though they kept me busy and exhausting at some points, but the experience was so awesome. Yeah, completely agree. I, I think I appreciated this stage of life with my kids more with my second and third because I could appreciate it better than the first time I went through it. I think the first time I was a little bit unsure and the second and third time I found it a really cute stage as they learned things around them and can be a really uh, fun stage to have with our children. Any other thoughts from, from you guys around this stage? What is happening? in the spirit? What are mom and dad needing to do and get done around the house? Hi. Uh, what about um, making the home a kid-friendly home? You know, because kids need mm -hmm. to explore. And if it's not mm -hmm. a kid-friendly home, then you can always restrain them from growing and keeping them confined. Mm -hmm. If that makes so, sense. What, what would you say is included in a kid-friendly home? Well, you know, to pack medication away, to see that on the floor there aren't buttons or uh, maybe money clips. I'm just even thinking now about examples. Coins lying around, you know, because anything kids pick up, they usually put it in their mouth. Mm -hmm. So we've got to make it a really kid-friendly home. If you have stairs, you need to, con you know, see that the kids don't fall. If you have a cupboard, see that they either locked or you put these special locks on them. Things like that, so then they don't get hurt. Yeah. So it's considering the safety of my home. Are my plug points covered? Um, is there anything that the child, if the child's exploring, could actually cause them harm? 
um, as yeah. they explore the household, as they walk around and run and climb. Um, they're climbing at the stage, they're climbing on the furniture. I, I know some children climbing up burglar bars on windows. They're really exploring what their physical body can do and how they can climb in things and under things and over things. Um, so the opportunity for them to fall and hurt themselves is quite high. And so we need to create an environment where they can explore um, and try and make sure that they're safe. So any cleaning materials are packed away, medications are packed away, things that could be in their reach. We want to make sure that those are out of harm's way. Drawers that maybe have knives in them, those are packed away. And so only the safe cupboards that they can play in, they can explore. We do want to try and think through those things as we try and provide a safe space for them to learn in the everyday stuff that they're doing. So we see that this is a time where they're also learning social skills and how to interact. There might be other siblings at home and they're interacting with their, with their siblings. Mom might be having another child and another baby's coming into household or mom's pregnant. Um, the house might feel a bit chaotic with more than one child in nappies and dishes might be unwashed. Um, moms and dads are generally moms at this time most moms are trying to go back to work or are at work and trying to juggle childcare. Um, and so um, at this point in time maybe baby might be in the ecd center or a child care center or someone else is also taking care of them full time um, the child might not be sleeping through yet teething still happening um, and there's a sense of i want to be independent from mom but I also, when I'm scared and when I'm sad, I run back to mom and I want a nice cuddle. I want a good hug. And so this child is trying to explore, but needs to know that they're coming back to a safe space and mom's safe. And so this is also a time where parents are practicing positive parenting. And we're going to chat about positive parenting again in another lunchtime conversation. But it's a really important conversation to have with parents around their positive words, their positive actions and their positive thoughts that they able to remain calm whilst loving their child who is maybe pushing some limits and testing boundaries, um, that they're able to create a space where the child can express their big emotions and learn to put words in that. And that mom and dad are able to help the child to feel sad and angry in a safe space where mom and dad are able to stay calm. Um, and when they're not calm, they know how to cope with that. And so I'm gonna hand over to Bryony to take us through the, the next part of the conversation. Thanks, Ruth. Um, so yes, yeah, so thinking through that of coping with emotions and being able to remain calm in situations like that. Um, what I'm going to ask, yeah, just to open up the floor and ask the question of what do you think families need uh, to have a positive family home or positive family life? Um, so how do we encourage mum or dad uh, during this time, if um, as baby is starting to explore, they're starting to um, have big emotions, as Ruth mentioned, uh, they may be having the, the terrible twos, as it's known as. Um, but yeah, how, what do you what do you see mums and dads needing to cope, uh, needing to be able to cope, should I say? Um, and that can be just thinking back to when you had a child of uh, two years old, and what did you need to cope? Um, so I don't know if anyone wants to share some thoughts with us. Um, oh yes, Brian. Um, my my brother, my older brother, just had. Uh, I think her daughter just turned one year. So what I saw from um from them um 
him and his his wife that they need more support. So mm -hmm. most of the time we call them and then they bring the child, they get their own time, they spend their own time, and then we take care of the child and then maybe the child can stay here for two to three days. It's fine because she's now grown. She eats uh, almost everything that we do eat, like uh, veggies and soft porridge and everything. So just support the, the, the parents, maybe take the child once in a while so that they can also feel relieved. Because um, most of the time, they, they, they also need their own time. We are not saying they must, they must chase the, the child, but then at least as a family member, you can take over some time, you know, because everyone just needs the support. Yeah, that's great to hear. And as you said, as a family member, you can be the support around the family. Um, but at the same time, you're the safe space for that uh, child to come to. So it's, you know, it's being a shared safe space. And as you say, it's also really important for mom and dad to connect and be able to have some time alone and some self-care. Um, so that when baby, when the child comes back, they're in a better uh, maybe mental space but also their relationships in a good space to to have a good family home and peace in the home um so thanks Salwani. is there anybody else that wants to share with us um like what do you think families need to cope um during this time as frustrations may be heightening with baby teething or um you know, having big emotions and throwing what we call tantrums is there, I see some stuff's come up in the chat box. I see um, Likaleli say when you walk with them, you need to make sure that you hold them. Um, if they're tired, if they get a chance, they run. Oh, okay, and they're not realizing they can run across the road. Sure. Um, that's part of the protecting children and creating a, a safe uh, space for them, but also yeah, being a safe person to check on their well-being. Um, Sibabalo, you're saying, I love seeing toddlers at this stage, see, see them exploring, trying new things, keeping parents busy by running around. Yep, they definitely do that. Um, so Cindy, you said trying to create a routine. And yeah, that's exactly one of the things that families need is uh, a routine uh, to cope with emotions um, as it helps baby. I see, I think Sophie, you've got your hand raised. Um, yeah, one my experience also, Bryony, I have a baby group or a mom and baby group. So after the the moms finish um, the flourish postnatal, um, so they do they do the antenatal they and then postnatal and then they join the baby group that that I've started two years ago. And what I also find is one of the things, um, but you mentioned it now or somebody mentioned it is. Topics that moms really struggle with, like the one is routine. And but then it's also from time to time, what helped me is like also I network with a clinic, uh, with a clinic. Um, so to get like a, it's not like what is it now experience, but um, somebody in that is an expert on certain topics. And, and even the support that the moms get within the group is you will never think that even if it's just once a week we get together, they're really looking forward to that. And I think sometimes moms, when especially now during lockdown, they were a lot isolate, isolated and then it said, um, but when you 
are surrounded with other moms, then it's like, oh, um, I thought I was alone struggling with it. So mom supporting another mom and that really, really, that, that really yeah, for the moms in my community. And I see also the growth and the excitedness to meet each other once a week um, because moms are often sad that, no, yeah, sad. It's like, no, no but now Floris is coming to an end. And I said, no, it's not the end. Now you can join the mom and baby group. Yeah, no, you're right, Sophie. Mums um, or peer support, mums supporting mums is really, really well, well proven thing to to help mums cope <laughs> so that they can see that they're not alone. They can see that there's other mums who are struggling. That's and we, you know, they're able to hear that many of the things that they're going through and probably living with a bit of guilt sometimes or a bit of frustrations that actually they're seeing other mums are are having very similar experiences. So it helps them. Uh, you know, regulate uh, or, or to be able to see that this may, is normal, um, that their child's going through normal uh, development stages. So thank you, Sophie, for that. Um, but I guess it, it is, how do we as um, loving connectors or um, you know, coming around or Sakuna champs coming around mum to cope with those emotions? So, you know, if toddler's throwing a tantrum because it doesn't want to get strapped in a car seat or, you know, they, they're throwing... Um, I don't know if, if any of you have ever had some had this, but when they're in the shops and they're wanting something, and suddenly in the middle of the shops, you know, the toddler lies on the floor and has a, um, a crying session. And so, a tantrum, a, a tantrum does not mean that your child is being naughty, as Ruth said. It, it's reminding mum, uh, for us to remind mum that her child is good and to find the reason why the child is reacting this way. Um, so I think we, we tend to think that by throwing attention, the child must be naughty. As Ruth said, a child at this age is not naughty, that they are trying to find ways without being able to speak full sentences and to communicate. And often I think that's the frustration for a child is them being, wanting to communicate with mom or dad, but not being able to. And we, we as support system around mom or dad are to remind mom that her child is good um, and to, find, to look at the reasons why they're reacting that way. So we're just gonna share a slide with coping with emotions. Um, sorry, Hazel, I see you've raised your hand. Do you wanna chat quickly or tell us what your thoughts are? Yes, Bryony, sorry. I think I just wanted to add on um, yeah, the, the child, how, how, how can we support the communities? I'm thinking about Sophie that is mentioning a mom and baby group. That is actually a great way of being among, among other mummies and just sharing ideas. So yeah, I think even for loving connectors and if we can find a way inside the church of creating this mom and baby groups and having your maybe once a month your gathering where moms and babies can come together and yeah just having that peer support yeah that was my idea yeah. sounds great hazel yeah and that's our hope is Sikunya, is that after you've done like especially for your flourish host after you've done a postnatal group is that you can continue um the connection with moms and their babies by having um, whether it's a Bible study or you know moms and tots group or something at your um, at your church so yeah well done for that thought and thanks for sharing that. Ruth is going to share a slide with us around coping with emotions um, and it's to remember that you know feelings are natural um, so we don't have to call feelings good or bad but it is really good for us uh, to learn to cope with them 
Um, and that there are many negative ways that uh, we can deal with feelings. Um, I think many people can choose unhealthy coping skills, such as turning to alcohol or drugs um, or harming yourself or your child. Um, so it's really important that mum gets help if she's doing anything to harm herself or, or baby. But it's to ask, it's, you know, when we're supporting mums, it's to ask mums these, these coping uh, with my emotions questions. Um, so this is a, a tool that we'll send out as a conversation starter that you can use to ask mum of how she's coping and to talk through ideas of how to cope well. So it's you know, things like, when have I felt like this before? Um, and you know, what, what helped me get through this last time? So will that work this time? Um, and it really is reminding mum around how, that she can cope with this and, and how to do that. Um, but it's really important to remember, though, is uh, as Sukunya's value is to see mum, so really see her and where she's at, and you know, checking in with how is she coping, yeah, and are we, and to check also that we're really listening to her and dad, and not just throwing advice at them, but um, ensuring you know that that they're looking at how to to cope with this, um, how that they can overcome uh, their emotions that may be of frustration um, during this time. Um, and just to make sure that she's not adopting any negative ways of coping and encourage her to look for positive ways of coping. Um, so Ruth, over to you. Perfect. So I'm hearing lots of great ideas, especially as we're talking around how we as churches can support moms and dads as communities and how do we come around them. So there's one of like, as an individual, as I move towards mom and I'm supporting her, but how do we encourage moms and dads in the stage? How do we connect with them? And what I've heard from the group so far is how important this peer support is, moms groups are, and how that can really help moms. And so when we talk about a first thousand day friendly church, we talk about creating these warm and welcoming spaces around families. And so creating weekly moms groups, or I like even once a month where moms can get together, we could invite an expert to speak about a topic or um, an older mom in the community, to share where we can share great information is a great way for us to do that. Um, I'd love to hear some other thoughts. What are other ways that we as church communities can support families at this time? Remembering that what a mom during pregnancy needs, it looks very different to this toddler stage. So if we think of this toddler stage, what could church communities be doing to support families? Uh, any thoughts around that? Oh, it's a tough one. Um, I'm sitting thinking I was actually with a mom yesterday where the baby isn't toddler. He's nine and a half months, but he's one of those on the go little babies. And it was a crazy afternoon. <laughs> and just, you know, there wasn't much more than I could do for her other than encourage her and maybe also just I eventually said to her, I'm actually going to leave, um, that you don't feel pressured in trying to get it right, and I'm sitting there and trying to deal with him, and I'm actually just going to leave, just take a moment, take some time out, just chill. Um, mm. So, yeah, you know, could I have done it better? Should I have done it different? Um, I don't, I don't quite know, and also, like, listening to um, there's a mom's group and, you know, some moms will say, oh, no, my kid is fine. Like, he doesn't do anything like that. And then the mom again, whose baby did throw that tantrum in the middle of the shop goes, oh, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong or, 
So it's really to try and find the balance between understanding the child, because kids are different. Um, yeah. yeah, this is a tough, a tough one to try and to try and work out. But I think in supporting the, the parents, they definitely need time out as well. Um, and yeah, yeah. This is a tough one. You you tell me how, how we can help them them better and well. And the babysitting definitely, you know, give give mom and dad time that they can connect. That mom can explain how she's feeling, the challenges she's facing, um, whatever dad is feeling. But you know, you're always tired. You don't have time to do this. Whatever it is, yeah. Um, as couples, they need to be well supported. I hope that helps or answers. Yeah. No, and and I think you're completely right. It is it, it it can feel quite tough, especially when each family is so different and each family yeah. is experiencing the stage so differently. And so you might have one really strong-willed two-year-old that is really giving a family a run, and they're really struggling, and another really yeah. quiet, timid yeah. two-year-old, and the family's going, "We don't we don't know what you're talking about. We don't know." <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're both in the same stage. Yeah. And so it really is how do we see mom in the stage where she's at um, and yeah. those experiences. But also, mm -hmm. I think what's very important for families to be aware of is that what um, children in this stage, as with any young uh, young stage, is they can pick up on the stress in the home. And so when yes. if mom's feeling very anxious and she's feeling very stressed, the children also play into that. Um, and mm. if there's a lot of change happening, new babies arriving, the, the, the toddler will play into that. I remember one day when I sat down, and I had a good cry. I just had a newborn baby and my, my eldest was literally, you know, when they say throwing your toys out the cart, he literally was doing that. He was sitting at his toy box and throwing them across the lounge and I didn't know what to do. And I just had a good cry. But I also realized all he needed me to do was to put the newborn baby down and just sit yeah. down on the floor and play with him. And so how much we need to be able to give just that one-on-one -on -one time with that child to help them feel like they've connected with the parent in order to actually calm some of that behavior down that sometimes they really just need mom's full undivided attention in yes. order to to actually uh, respond better in some of these difficult situations yeah and so um, brian is going to chat through that in a moment uh, mm -hmm. but i think that is something how we can encourage moms in those moments um i think something else is how do we pray for mom and dad if they are struggling or just praying for them in the season um recognizing that it is a season and it does pass and soon their child will be three and they'll look back and go how did that happen but in that moment it can be overwhelming so praying for them connecting them to other families that they're not feeling alone and seeing how we can maybe share some of the load so i love the idea of maybe giving mom some time out that she can get to maybe just breathe and take a walk around the neighborhood and get some exercise how do we help her to get out of the house um go for a walk around the block with a friend that she's not feeling like the walls are coming in on her um, so, Bryony, do you want to chat us through some ideas around how we interact or encourage parents to interact with each other? Sure. Um, so, it's also, you know, looking at, as Ruth mentioned earlier, this might be a, a space where mum is back at work. Um, and if you like most parents today, or yourselves and the, the parents that you're supporting, one of the greatest challenges is probably caring for baby whilst also trying to take care of yourself and your responsibilities. Um, so there's competing demands on families and parents now with time and energy. 
uh, you know, being spent on the responsibilities that they need to do, but also then trying to find the time to connect with the young children. And it's it's quite a big challenge to do that. Um, so daily activities such as feeding, bathing, grocery shopping, um, you know, do tend to take time away from bonding with your child. But we're saying that these all these other activities that you need to do need to not take time away from bonding and enjoying being with the child. Um, it's what they call everyday moments or everyday magical moments, which are really rich opportunities to encourage uh, the child's development. Um, so you can build self-confidence and curiosity and social skills and self-control and communication skills. And all that takes is mum or dad really enjoying um, a moment with their, their child, as we said, the everyday magical moment. So it's making sure that mum or dad connect with their, their baby or, or toddler um, for, you know, even if it's five minutes a day, as long as they sit down on the floor, as we said, and play, or if they um, you have eye contact with their baby and just to connect with them, um, you know, the more they're able to do that during the day and take time out each day to have those everyday magical moments, um, the more their bond with their child uh, grows and the more the child, as you said, becomes self-confident and becomes curious and knows that there's a safe space to come back to as they explore, um, explore the world. Um, and yeah, and so, so I'm just seeing the chat box is also pinging with lots of ideas. So I'll be adding those to the, the feedback later. Um, but it's also important to remember that um, the things we learn at, during childhood, actually we learn at home. So, um, you know, as we're growing up, we learn from other people in our family and, and our parents. And so learning for babies and children happens throughout the day um, from their parents and from things like playing and interacting and talking together. Um, so, and it also helps with you know, being able to talk as they're learning to talk that mom and dad are able to respond and they start seeing how they can, they, they learn how they feel and what they're seeing and what they're doing by naming things and naming feelings. Um, so as mom or dad, yeah, names things or explains the world around them. So the, the child's um, learning as well, but also being provided that safe space um, to explore and to learn. Um, and so it really is encouraging um, as our role in supporting mum and dads and families, it's really encouraging them to be able to have these everyday magical moments with their child where they take the time out to really bond and connect with their child. Um, and uh, through, you know, when they're having a busy day with all the responsibilities that they need, just to be very conscious of, of doing that. Because every, every opportunity they have in being able to play and talk and interact with their child really is um, helping their child learn um, and to learn about the world, to learn about relationships and yeah, learn about feelings. Um, so I think we have a bit of time Ruth to show, we had a little video that we wanted to show around the magic of everyday moments at this time in a child's life. Just a birthday, Tasha. During the next 12 months, you will master some amazing skills like getting where you want to go, expressing your thoughts and feelings, and solving problems.
Tasha's new skills will unfold through her everyday routines, interactions, and playtime with parents, family, and caregivers. How does this happen? Watch 15-month-old Nathan. He is really on the move. Nathan is walking with more confidence and can even crawl up the stairs. His parents make sure he gets some practice, with supervision, of course. And look who's talking. Nathan can already use about five words, like saying ball to show his excitement about this toy. When his parents respond by playing with him, it lets him know that he is a good communicator. Nathan's thinking skills are growing too. He's discovering how objects work as he drops things in and out, stacks rings, and explores the puzzle. Nathan is also becoming more sophisticated in his social games. He loves back and forth play, so his mom and dad look for engaging ways to build this new social skill of give and take. And what's happening just a few months later? At 22 months, Katie here is walking, running, and even kicking a ball. This keeps her parents running too, but they are happy to join in because active play is fun and helps her develop strength and coordination. And take a look at Katie developing skills through imitation, like when she tries to rake the leaves just like her dad. Her family finds ways to include Katie in everyday routines, even though they take a bit longer with their new helper. Mohammed has also started using his imagination to pretend even more, which is an important development in his thinking skills. He gives kisses to his dolls and feeds his stuffed dog some toy food. He also has a lot to say. Mohammed has a vocabulary of about 20 words and understands most of what he hears. He is even starting to combine two words into a sentence. Now take a look at Brian, who turns two next week. This year, Brian learned to talk and understand, to solve problems, and to play alongside friends. His new thinking, language, social and physical skills have unfolded through the thousands of simple everyday interactions he shared with his parents, family, and caregivers. It's the special connections your toddler shares with important people that have fueled his learning from 12 to 24 months. And it's these important relationships that give him the confidence to try new things and help him grow in his body, mind, and heart. Great. Thanks, Ruth. I see that Sibibana also put into the chat box saying being a good listener and telling them always trust God. And I, I like what you have to say, Sibibalo. Um, and just say in the coming few weeks, we're going to be speaking about um, how to develop the spiritual growth of children um, and it's exactly that like um, being able to to speak to them about God um, so Ruth do you want to quickly take us through um, some things we can do this week so I think um, some practical things that we can probably think about is encouraging mom and dad walking down to the library or going to a new place that they try and do something different uh, once this week um, we also have a resource, the, the room cards, we'll play, put that in our app. There's an app that gives some examples of making everyday activities fun and learn and they stage appropriate for the parents. So if they've got a phone that they can download this app onto, it'll give them prompts of things they can do every day with their child. 
Um, and then we also have another resource that has been put together by another organization around what kind of, when we think about the routine for this age group, how much should they be sleeping? How much physical activity should they be getting? How much screen time should they be getting? It's also something to think about encouraging parents to think about how much, when is bedtime? And how do we get that routine into their lives? So that as they grow, the amount of sleeping they need, the amount of time that they need to be physically active changes. And so parents need to think through how they do that. And again, trying not to use a screen as a babysitter, but rather that they're interacting with an adult um, that is talking to them and reading to them. Um, so this resource we'll also make available for you to make use of and if parents are wondering how much they need. Um, and so, yeah, encouraging parents to, to look at that and seeing how they structure the day with their child. Um, if they're not the primary caregiver and there's someone else looking what kind of, when, when's meal times, when's bedtime, when's bath time, when's nap time, trying to get that into a routine really helps the child feel safe, feel like there's structure and consistency. It helps with the big emotions, it helps with the positive parenting. Um, finding a routine in a home can sometimes be tricky for a family, especially if their work isn't routine-based, but trying to find some kind of routine really just helps the child. Um, so those are things we can encourage our parents with at this point in time. Um, we've pretty much come to the end of today's conversation. We will be sending out a reflection and we encourage you to um, have a read through that and share resources with the families. Um, there's a number of resources that we'll put into that reflection that are linked to the stage that could be helpful for parents. Um, are there anybody want to share some takeaway points, anything you're going to take away from today's conversation? What are you sitting with after listening to today and participating in today's conversation of how we care for families in, with toddlers? Any thoughts that you're taking away from today's conversation? Well, what I would say is, you know, working together, the dads and the moms working together as a unit is very important. And I never had that. So I know exactly what I'm talking about. When one parent has to do, you become a double parent because you have to see to everything. And it becomes very difficult. You become so exhausted that you actually become snappy. You actually go into depression because of exhaustion. You know, exhaustion leads to depression, you know. So I think working together as a family and if, uh, you know, uh, maybe the extended families can come in also and help out and say, you know, like, I'll keep the baby for the night while you can have a good nap or a good sleep or good rest, things like that, you know. And also the other thing is also how we talk to our children because as, as toddlers, they are little human beings. So, you know, our tone of voices are very important. Because if we are harsh to our kids and we talk to them in a manner, um, you know, when they grow up, they're going to talk to you in the same tone. So we got to watch also how we speak to them and what we say to them. Completely. You know, and what they also, um, they learn by what they see. You know? yeah. So we got to be very careful, like mom and dad shouldn't be arguing in front of the kids or discussing things in front of them. You know, they're very sensitive. No, completely. I couldn't agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. Because mm. kids are learning about this. Mm. Yes. Sorry. They they're are learning super... about the social environment around them through their parents. They're modeling everything. They yes. Do. And I mean, when yeah, a year old, one year old child that can start walking, either they're going to have a lot of trust, they're going to trust their parents, or they're going to have no trust in their parents just by how their parents behave towards them. And, and moms that have two, three, four kids close together, their exhaustion, I don't even know how shame, how do they even manage? Really, I feel for them. 
you know, these things happen, but I'm just saying it's, it's, you need that support. Whether it's from so the I, I think what you're saying is there needs to be teamwork. Definitely. You know what teamwork, I mean, it takes a mom and dad to have a child. So mm -hmm. it needs to be teamwork. And these are little human beings that are dependent on us and we need to take good care of them. You know, in a way where we need to uh, have a support structure and it has to be um, a foundation where kids have self-confidence. Imagine telling a child every time, no, don't touch that. Don't go there. Don't do that. They start believing they shouldn't be doing anything. And then they just stop. They shut down. Imagine screaming at a child, their brain, it goes into so much of trauma that they can't learn. And then we think, oh, this child just can't get this maths problem. It's not that. It's the way we behave and react when we're teaching them. We don't do it in a, in a calm manner. So, Sangeeta, I'm, I'm going to wrap us up there. And I thank you for that input. And I couldn't agree with you more. And it's saying to parents, how do we care for them when they're struggling? And how can they ask for help? How do we team well as families? How do we help them to stay calm when things are hard? Um, and so how do we come around and support them that they don't feel overwhelmed and feeling so stressed? We've come to the end of our time. I'm going to close us off and close in prayer for us. And we look forward to seeing you all all next week or in two weeks time when we get together again to thank you for, for another lunchtime conversation. So let's close. Thank you. Dear Lord God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these families with young children who are trying to, who are growing and walking and running and exerting their independence. And I pray Lord that you would help these parents to parent well, to, to find ways to have enjoyable moments with their children. And I pray that you'd help us to care and support this, them at this time where we see families that are feeling overwhelmed and and have too much on their plate. I pray Lord that we find ways to care for them and support them and to help them. And so I thank you for this conversation that we've had today. And I thank you for each person that's represented in this meeting. And I pray that you would go with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening in today to the Sakunya podcast. We trust it has given you ideas of what you can be doing to support families in the first thousand days. Have a look at the links in the podcast description to access resources mentioned in this recording. And remember to go to sakunya.org.za to find out more and take further steps in strengthening families so that all children can get a strong start to life.